Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Scythe. It's my actual job title and last name, which part of the reason of the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the five best college basketball games, plus one off-the-wall game, scheduled to be played on Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. Again, you here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet for sidelines projections on every single game. Also note the model has a great pick on all games, but because there are no locks in gambling, those are parsed into three categories, loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades. There are two different ways to get the picks, either via Patreon or Blackbook Sports, mostly just depends on what you're looking for. Hopefully we have a package built for your needs, whether that's early access to model projections, ad-free shows, instant access to picks, and or access to that Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Don't forget that the results for all recommended picks, the ones here, the Model A grade plays, and all the plays of the day can be found on Blackbook Book Sports and in the Google Sheet. Both those links are in the show description. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad events will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, since you and I have last talked, there have been exactly zero college basketball games happening. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know what to talk about. I mean, we did see the end of the Chiefs game. Yeah, so there was, was that. I'm NFL rigged. I'm seeing a lot of that. That third down play was wild. But, you know, give them all the chances. Yeah, I, you know, it, if, <laughs> for fear of the comments blowing up <laughs> on, on this video, look, I, I just, I don't understand the sports is rigs crowd, rigged crowd. Um I mean, if that's you, just don't watch. I mean, that's really my thought. Like, if you really think that, like, just don't watch. Go away. I'm sorry. Like, sports doesn't need you. Um, if you really think it's rigged. Um, complaining is so much more fun than not. It is. It is. But I don't know. Me personally, I like to find the complaints in the in the bad beats and the ridiculous things. And, and the refs mess up. Uh, absolutely. There are terrible calls. Don't get me wrong. But that doesn't necessarily imply that they're rigged. And complain about the terrible calls. And there were terrible calls in both games, NFL games yesterday, uh, even right right off the bat with that big fourth down play that the Eagles had, that the ball hits the ground and not reviewed. I mean, that, you know, so th- th- that just started it. And then from there on, it was, I don't know how many, how many bad ref calls were there in just the two football games yesterday, like oh, yeah. 15. Yeah. Like you don't expect that. And the, like these two should be, I mean, I know everybody's entitled to off nights, but what, the chances that you get two groups with two off nights, is yeah. Not a good yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It is not a good look, and it's 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 unfortunate. I, again, I just I personally I, I hope I want us to stop shy of the it's a rigged and conspiracy theory because I think we start losing a little bit of credibility when we start saying those types of things. Um, for every conspiracy theory that we buy into, about like one out of a hundred is correct. So like in the one out of a hundred that you are correct in, like you're gonna look really smart, but you're gonna look really dumb on the other ninety nine. So. Um, it, well, fair. <laughs> there you go, right? I guess I guess if you got to hang your hat on one of them, there you go. But uh, some wild NFL games. And yeah, that's all that's happened since last we talked about. Since we talked. So, um, yeah, we, we need more college basketball in the day. Um, Monday's games have yet to happen. Hopefully they've gone well for us. We're going to talk about Tuesday's games here. The slate is pretty solid as usual for Tuesday. A shorter slate, but a lot of good action, a lot of big names playing. We're going to cover a lot of those. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content. 
that this channel provides. I've already mentioned Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you to play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all of the model picks and access to that Discord chat group I mentioned earlier. We have a lot of fun over there in that. Discuss a lot of different sports, a lot of picks for other sports that we don't even cover on this show. It's a lot of fun if you want to join that. And then for $5 more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Jake, let's get to it. Remember, we only use one book when making picks, but you should always shop around, sign up link in the show description to add a couple more books to your options. We're going to start off hot and heavy with a double up here. 6 p.m. Central, Texas A&M at Arkansas. Texas A&M has looked really good lately. We've talked about them a lot on this show here, how they looked so terrible. They looked good. Then they lost to Walford. And then they've looked good ever since then. Getting four and a half points at a uh, you know kind of banged up Arkansas team, we think is too many points. We're going to grab those points. I think AM's got a shot to win this game. I, I think that they're every bit as good as Arkansas in their current form right now. Uh, but with how both these two look today, I think they got a shot to win this game. I think four and a half is a gift. It should be a tight contest. And assuming that is, we got we're not guaranteed to win because you never know how that last minute goes. But we got a really good chance to win. So we're going to grab the four and a half with AM. and We're going to go under 138. Uh, I mentioned this uh, here on last show that Arkansas has really started to slow things down. I missed that for the Saturday game, but watching the game against Baylor, you can see that the metrics are just not, have not caught up to how much they are slowing the game down as of late. a and has been slowing it down for quite a while now. 138 seems like a dream to get to. seems like there's no way that it's going to happen without overtime, of course. It seems like... If you're using modeling to project this total and you use your priors, your full season data, stuff like that, you can get to this number. These two offenses are pretty efficient. They just aren't playing fast at all. And that slower down pace is going to make 140 a tough number to get to unless both teams shoot over 50% from the floor. Possible, not likely. So we're going to grab the points with the dog here on the road and go under 138. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, like this is one of the more intriguing games. I, I, it's kind of a little bit off the radar a little bit with some of the bigger games, but uh, A&M could really be making a run here. This could be a real difference in seeding uh, with Arkansas. I think Muslim has flipped a switch and slowed, slowed his team way down uh, because, I mean, he's lost two incredible players that would have made this Arkansas team a top team. Like, I mean, Nick Smith yep. Jr. Yep. has played off and on all year, unlikely to play uh, tonight for a while. I, I doubt he comes back, but that's the personal opinion. Uh then Brazil has gone toward an ACL. That losing those kind of players, like you know, there's just hard to refill that. Uh, Texas A&M's defense is very, very good, very efficient offense. But they play through the big guy. Any team that plays through a big guy is going to play slow because you got to find time to get get the ball to them. Uh, it's just and, really and you, you got to find time for for them to either double him or not, right? Because at yeah. that point, you're basically it's a chess match, right? You're basically saying to the other team, okay, we've done our thing. What are you going to do based off what you're going to do? Now we're going to do this, right? You either got to, they're going to double him, then that's going to start passing the ball around looking for open looks, or he's got to wait, go, they're not going to double me. Okay, I've got a one on one opportunity, but you got it, it just takes a little bit more time for that to develop. Yeah, that and finding a good post. Sometimes you rotate it around to get the defense yep. to move to get the matchup you want. Uh, a lot, yeah, sometimes, lot the, sometimes the pass isn't right there from the bet. You got to yeah. move it around to get that pass in, right? It's just, it's just a lot of things that have to happen uh, on those possessions. Yeah, I mean, They've got a really good one in marble. Uh, it, it's just they've got their offense is very efficient because of him, but it's just slower. Um, they're very good at the free throw line. Uh, they rebound the ball at a high rate. Uh, both like, but Arkansas tends to do better on the defensive end than Texas A&M does. But uh, it's going to be 
a very interesting game. The free throw line is going to be the big difference, I believe, in this game because both teams get to the line a lot. A&M is much better at hitting them. Uh, not a lot of three pointers in this game. Going to keep that number total, like the oh total or the total low because uh, they're going to be working it, taking their time, not shooting a lot of threes, not counting by threes, counting by twos and ones. Uh, it's going to be a real intense game, real physical game, a lot of fun to watch, but not a lot of points. Yeah, and it seems like both teams very content with to slow it down. You would think maybe you want to try to speed A&M up, but teams that have tried to do that have had almost no success doing it. I mean, that, that A&M-Florida game had like 30 points in the first half, I feel like, and that kind of feels like the, the type of game you're expecting here. I expect more than 30 in the first half, of course, but it's just one of those where Arkansas doesn't really seem like they're going to want to speed things up. A&M sure isn't, and again, even if you try to speed them up, it hasn't been working. So, yeah, we love the under here, under 138, and getting the points of A&M in a game they should hang around. Game we think there will be a lot of points 6 p.m central virginia tech at miami this number is 144 we're going to go over that number the model says 148 points for this one on average and the model's been underestimating the number of points of these two teams as of late the reason i say that is as i always mentioned the model's fairly slow to adjust it's going to slowly 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 change its mind for teams it's kind of playing catch up here with these two teams. They've been going over. Don't really see any reason why that changes here. So we're going to go over. Jake, I'll let you talk more about that real quick. I will add Miami's a three and a half point favorite right now. The model says four and a half, but this three and a half to four and a half ish range seems about right. I think Miami's slightly the better team at home. I feel like it's a pretty good number. I wouldn't want to play Miami unless it was down to three, maybe even two. And if I was playing Virginia Tech, I'd want to get something like six. Right now, those numbers don't appear anywhere near us. So I'm going to pass on the side and go over 144. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, I mean, this is interesting. The Duke game for both these teams could be the turning point of their year, right? Uh, you've got Virginia Tech, who beat Duke on an accidental missed call, we'll call that. Um and then, More bad refing, like we talked yes. about, right? Yeah, They're humans like us. It's just yeah. that the difference is, is when we screw up at our desk on a Tuesday morning, nobody cares or watches, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank God. Um, yeah. But it was just, uh, I really turned it on the last couple games. Uh, Miami took care of Florida State, but lost their lost to Duke late, broke down against Pittsburgh late, kind of the same kind of thing. Uh, so I, I think Virginia Tech's turned a corner, and I don't think Miami's as bad as they've played in those last two games. Mm-hmm. I think coming home is going to be good for them. Uh, Virginia Tech's offense has really woken up, though. They're scoring more. I think there's been a game plan switch. I mean, we've only got a small sample size of these two games. but And then if you include the North Carolina one, when they score a lot in ACC games, they tend to win putting up around 80, upper 70s and 80s. Um, and I think that's what they're going to start doing. They're that's what they want to try to do. They, they, yeah. they see that they see that success happening when they score and think we got we got to keep scoring points, and that's where it's at. Yeah, they've got the talent to do it, especially when those threes drop. Uh, Miami's not got the greatest defense. They're not going to get in the way, but they've got a really good offense, Mm -hmm. uh, and they can really load it up. They can shoot threes. I mean, when Wong's on, he's a game changer. And, I mean, you've obviously got Nigel Pack, who's very, very good. Uh, They're just – they're loaded with talent. I think this game is going to have a good amount of pace. Virginia Tech has got a really efficient offense when they really get going. Um but I think the, their lack of turnovers is going to really help here. And like Miami's lack of turnovers is going to help because they're always going to get a good, decent shot off. And they're very, they've got a very good, a very high effective field goal percentage, which means they're getting good looks all the time. Um, and they're really going to test the Virginia Tech defense, who's going to try to play with some more play, pace. So I don't think Virginia Tech's defense is going to be as efficient as their metrics. And I think we'll get a lot of points. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, the bottom line is that. 
Virginia Tech's defense is solid, but Miami's offense is still way better. And Virginia Tech's offense pretty solid. Miami's defense nothing right home, home about. Both offenses are going to have a really big edge when they've got the ball. Tempo should be decent. I mean, not really fast overall, but not really slow. We should have a normal number of possessions. And you just look, you look at how good these offenses are and how the, the edge that they will both have. Uh, seems like we should be getting closer to 150 than 140 on this one. So I, I think this one flirts with if it doesn't get to uh, 150. Taking us to 7 p.m. Central, Kansas State at Kansas. I mentioned this in yesterday's show. We're now getting to the point of the season where we're going to start talking about rebatches and how the first game played out and what that matters. This one, of course, everyone remembers because it started Kansas' little skid that just ended here with that win against Kentucky. Uh, Kansas State now trying to sweep Kansas for probably the first time since, I, I don't know, Bill Walton was probably a child, if I had to guess, right? Pro- probably before that even, <laughs> maybe ever. <laughs> it's been it's been quite a while since that's that's happened, I'm sure. And Kansas is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. We got another double up here. We're going to go over 145. Both of these teams have been playing over their projected totals. Model says 145 is a pretty good number, but given that these teams have just been so high scoring, I still think over is the way to go. I just, I love both these offenses and neither one of these defenses is bad. Yeah. It's just that these offenses are just so dang good. Kind of like we talked about in the last game, the pace should be there. The pace here should even be faster yeah. than the Virginia Tech Miami game. Now the defenses are a little bit better, which balances out, but this is another game that I think flirts with, if not gets into 150. I think 145 is too low. We took the over in the first game and it went flying over um, in in overtime, I, I suppose, is when it flew over. It went over in regulation, flew over in overtime, if I remember correctly. And we're going to grab the six and a half with Kansas State. Can they win again? I don't know. It's obviously less than 50-50. Kansas is favored. They should be favored. I'm just not convinced Kansas is better than Kansas State. And the reason I say that is we've seen Kansas have some flaws here these last couple of games, those, that three-game losing streak in conference. I, I don't I don't want to dive too much into the past here. Personally, that win against Kentucky, I don't think it means that much, right? I expected them to win, and they did. Kentucky has looked so much better as of late. Kentucky had that great win against Tennessee, of course, but I think Kentucky figuring themselves out a little bit, playing with more, you know, with better lineups, has simply elevated them from a disaster team, which is where they were, to a good team. I think Kentucky is a good team, but I don't think they're great. So I don't think going into Kentucky and winning magically means Kansas is now a top five team again. Kansas is still a very good team. So is Kansas State. I think both these teams are great. Kansas might be better, but if so, it's by the smallest of margins. I really like this Kansas State team. I don't know if they can win, but I do think they can hang around. And again, if they can hang around, give me six and a half all day. Maybe something weird happens at the end, but six and a half points makes a lot of sense for they should be able to keep this game interesting. So you're going to grab the points with K-State and go over 145. Jake, a lot to talk about here. What do you got? Look, I'm not sure why this number is so big, like uh, other than everybody's just believing in the Kentucky name. It's like, oh, Kansas figured it out. Kansas is back. It's like, I don't don't know. I mean, they're very thin. They just lost another bench player uh, today who was announced he was out. Uh, I mean, they had – and even in that Kentucky win, they had all of, like, I think six points off their bench. Mm. And that's just not going to do it against a very loaded Kansas State team who is very low, like, just has all sorts of offensive talent. They're going to play with pace a lot faster than what Kentucky wants to play. That's really going to test. Try to wear you down. Yeah, test the depth. And, I mean, they did that the first time. But they really, and they're going to let – I'm sure it's going to be a very similar game plan. They're going to let Jalen Wilson do his thing and just stop everybody else. And they did a very good job of that last time. Not sure KJ Adams is going to step up and have as big of a game as he did the first time or against Kentucky. Uh, I'm not sure he's just that guy yet. Uh, Grady Dick, 
hitting a little more shots, but I think uh, I don't think he's fixed his offensive woes. It wasn't his jump shot that was off. It was people being able to chase him off the arc and make his life a little harder. Uh, so I, I'm looking for Kansas State to do that. I think I think Kansas State has a good chance to win this one just because of where Kansas is at. Uh, but getting almost seven points is great. The over is, I swear, it's going to happen very, very early in the second half for 145 because I, I just these offenses are so good. I mean, the defenses are good, but the offenses are just so much better than the defenses. The pace, there's going to be so many extra possessions. I think it'll get called kind of tight. Both teams are good free throw shooting teams. Uh, Kansas's problem is they get turned into jump sh- uh, jump shooting teams very easily, and it happens quite a bit. Um, especially if you start looking at their free throws attempted to field goals attempted, it's very, very low. Uh, probably the only the bad, only bad part on their offense is they just don't take enough free throws because they get turned into – I mean, it's hard not to when you have a shooters like Dick and Wilson, but uh, I just they're going to get turned into that, and I think that will be the difference of the game. A few of those jump shots don't go, and Kansas State turns them into layups. Yeah, and remember last year in Lawrence, this game had 185 points in regulation. I don't think that's going to happen here. That's a really high bar, of course. But I, I like I'm like you. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing goes over. You know, midway through the second half, if if these teams get to shooting like they can, it could be a little bit of a replay of that time when Kansas State went to Texas earlier this year and ended up in a game that did go to overtime, but also got to 200 points, which doesn't really matter if you go to overtime. If you get 200 points, that's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. And uh, that, Or maybe that one didn't go overtime. Maybe it just had 200 points without overtime. No, I, I don't think it went overtime. It was like yeah, I think, as I said, I was like, no, that didn't, yeah, that, I was like, that, that didn't sound right. Um, uh, but, you know, you got just so much offense here on Kansas State, so much pace. They're going to really put the pressure on you. Uh, I really think this game is going to go flying over. And like you said, I think Kansas State's got a really good chance to hang around. Kansas, again, a good team. I just think Kansas State still isn't getting the respect they deserve. I think they are at the top. I mean, when you talk about the Big 12, you got you know TCU with a couple of injury issues right now is a big asterisk, of course. But other than that, you know TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, the way that, that Baylor's been playing, you look for Iowa State, they're playing here on Monday now to see if they can right their ship. And then at this point, I think Texas is probably the sixth best team, which is crazy to think about. In general, in the Big 12, if you can get a big number like this, you just take the points and move on with life, right? So getting six and a half points, just too much to pass up. To the 8 p.m. slot, those injury concerns we just talked about for TCU. Isles maybe out, maybe not. Lampkin, maybe out, maybe not. We don't really know what's going to happen. So the model has a projection for it. The model's kind of hedging its bets on both of those guys. But if one plays and one doesn't, then I think the model projection is probably pretty solid. If both don't play, it's a little bit more concerning. If both do play, you know, you got to let TC a little bit more. There's just too much to, ha- to know right now. We're recording this more than 24 hours. We're about 27 hours away from the, from the tip of this. We, we may not even know until an hour before. Like, I, I just... With the uh, with all the injuries, it's really tough to tell what's what's happening with West Virginia and TCU. I, I mean, if both guys play, I'm all over TCU. Both guys don't play, I'm probably going to grab West Virginia. Uh, I mean, West Virginia t- took care of them at home, but Morgantown was tough. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just I that's one I'm going to wait till I see what's happening with, especially uh, Miles because he's kind of the quarterback of the offense. They really kind of fell apart there, yeah. especially in overtime. Um, without him. So I'm just waiting on that. You got to have more information before you make a call on this one. Yeah. And the unfortunate thing is that information may come out and the line may move before you viewer can even react to it and get a bet in. If that happens, I just, I wouldn't chase anything. I would just, there are, a thousand games here to be played still in college basketball might just be one to pass on, watch, see how it goes, have more information for the next one. Unless you can get in 
right when that injury news is announced, uh, or unless you have a hunch, know what's going to happen with that. That really matters so much. That's why we're not going to make a play on it. But a big game, we wanted to make sure we mentioned it. Also at 8 p.m., Indiana at Maryland. Uh, our last, we've got a lot of double ups here. Got three of them. I'm going to grab the point with Indiana, basically more or less a pick them. We think the Hoosiers can go on the road and win. Been really impressed with what they've done lately. And we're going to go over 140. The over 140 is also at even money right now. So model says 140 points, but on even money makes a little bit of sense. You've got an Indiana team that's, you know, just playing faster, better on offense, just scoring lots of points. If you like team totals and IU team totals, kind of the intersection of these two plays makes a lot of sense. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, like Indiana has really come on in the last couple of weeks. They've, they've won five games in a row, four of them by double digits. Their defense is playing well. And everybody and their brother thought defense is going to be the mark of this team coming into the year. Their offense has turned out to be better than their defense, yeah. actually outperforming them. I mean, Huchavino, very good. I mean, we knew what Trace Jackson Davis was. I, I didn't expect him to play this well with the injuries they've had, uh, but they keep keep it going. They've learned to play with, with guys coming in and out of the lineup. Um, it's not a perfect offense, though. They struggle from the free throw line, and they're not the best offensive rebounding uh, team, but – um, a good amount of their turnovers are alive ball turnovers, so that that's going to help this total because Maryland is a very good defensive team. They're going to want to slow slow it down, um, and they're playing some of their best ball of the year right now. I mean, they went on the road, lost by three to Michigan uh, or Purdue, beat Michigan, beat Wisconsin and Nebraska at home. Uh, they're they're going to be a more defensive focused team, but they can really score when they, when they need to. They can. They're just not the best three point shooting team. I think Indiana's going to do most of the scoring in this game because. I think they're playing at a at a level that not not many people expected at this point with how earlier in the year they went. Their offense is playing much better. That just struggle to shoot for deep. Um, they're going to make up for that by being one of the best to guard the three point line with Maryland. So I think it's going to be a lot of in in the lane, a lot of twos. I think this game is going to be like 75, 74, uh, Indiana's way. I just think it's a really tight game that's going to give us extra points plus the free throw shooting and how efficient both these offenses can be. All right, and then that'll take us to the late night slot. says that this is a coin toss game, so getting a point and a half, or if you're looking at the money line somewhere around even money, makes a lot of sense. The home team's got a really good shot to win this one. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like the, Nevada has been really good to us. I, I really like teams that have the three really good guards like they have, and they can really uh, keep it going. Uh, but – and I mean, San Diego State is a very good team. I think this is going to be a great game, incredible one to watch. I'm going to take the points with Nevada just because I, I think they're going to be able to pull it out at home. It's going to do being at home is going to do them a lot of favors. Uh, this is the strangest conference I've, I've seen in a while. They went from absolutely zero points being scored last year to all the points being scored, and I think that's going to lean more towards uh, Nevada. I think Nevada's got a good enough defense and a good enough offense to really keep it up at home. So I think Nevada's a smart play. All righty. And that'll take us to overtime. We've got a 6 p.m. game to roll back to VCU at Davidson. Going to lay the two and a half with VCU. Model says three minus one and a half for an A grade play. But I still think this is worth investing in as long as it's three or under here, a short number on the road for VCU. VCU's played really well, but Davidson's more so just kind of playing to their expectation. VCU is an above average team that's been playing even more above average than that. Should be good enough for them to go on the road and get the win. I, I really don't know why this number is as low as it is. I, Davidson not been good this year. They, they've got 
if you pay attention to the net rankings and really value those, they've got one combined win of quad one and quad two, and it's a quad two win. Um, good to go with their six losses. They, they're just not playing well against good teams. They can beat bad teams, but can't handle good teams. Um, they shoot the ball terribly. They don't clean up their misses. They want to play slow, but their defense isn't good enough to enforce that. They're just not got the talent. Where VCU, on the other hand, has an incredible defense that plays at a fast pace with a super aggressive offense. You can see like they don't like the three ball. They like to get in the lane. They get fouled a lot. They shoot a lot of free throws. Um, they turn the ball over way too much to be <laughs> really valued a lot, but they also force a ton of turnovers to kind of balance out that I don't think this game will be a blowout, but I think 7-10 to 10 is very reasonable winning margin to expect from VCU tonight. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's all we've got then, Jake. Any parting words for the viewer? No, just get ready for a great Tuesday night. This is one of the better, like, more condensed, better slates we've had in a long time. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show up the sports betting content we've run on this channel. Just drop right to your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more sports betting tips. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you need your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.